Well, hello, friends, and welcome to His Mighty Hand, the radio ministry and podcast ministry of the Highland Terrace Baptist Church, located in Greenville, Texas. Now, in these few moments we spend together each week, you'll hear great and stirring interviews and powerful messages from the Word of God. But the reason for it all is so you can be touched by... Welcome back, everyone, to the His Mighty Hand radio broadcast and podcast. Pastor Chet Haney here from Highland Terrace Baptist Church. And we're back in studio again with Holly Gray, who is a member of our church and also a very important member of our community in the uh, real estate uh, service industry and also other things that we'll discuss that she's involved in. And Holly, as we were sort of wrapping up last time, we talked about a home and just the um, the very idea of moving from one home to another can be such a jolt to your system, and yet it's also an exciting time for a lot of people to buy a new house and to move, and you see that every day. What can you tell me as you've watched this about the importance of a good, stable home, not just to have a house, but a home, and then how that compares to the church home and um, our you know, stability that we receive from being invested and and rooted and established in a church home. I think a lot of times when someone is looking to purchase a home, they don't mm-hmm. automatically realize how many factors there are in their decision. Mm. Um, with a couple, the wife typically goes to the kitchen first, yeah. the master bathroom, the husband goes to the foundation, the backyard, yeah. Mm-hmm. Things like that. So they kind of have their separate interest yeah. in a home. And so it's it's pretty incredible to pull out of them the importance of the decision being a decision made together. Yeah. If one spouse likes a home but the other spouse is not so sure, we tend to end up moving on to another home because it's yeah. got to be a joint decision. Right. And so there's a lot of factors as far as – um you know, when you're picking a home, you want the home to be solid. Yeah. You want the foundation to be solid. Uh-huh. You want the structure to be solid. You know, you can paint. You can put down new flooring, mm-hmm. uh, clean it up a little bit, but you've got to have that good, solid foundation to begin with. Right. And I think it's the same thing with the church. You've got to find that church that has the good, solid foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't have that in your church, then you need to find another church because mm-hmm. – Life is hard enough as it is, and if you don't have that with your church and the support of the people you're in church with, then you're not in the right place. Yeah. And so I remember the first time I ever visited Highland Terrace um, was in 2017. I came with a friend, and and I remember my very first time thinking it was such a great place and I was exciting, but I was already going to another church. Yeah. And so I kind of just didn't think about it for a while, and then you and I ran into each other at the Walmart neighborhood market Mm -hmm. and we were talking a little bit and you said well if you ever decide that you're wanting to make a move in church we would love to have you at highland terrace and i remember exactly what i said i appreciate that and thank you so much but i am good where i'm at Mm -hmm. well it didn't take long after that statement god said no you're not no Mm -hmm. you're not so there became a lot of conviction of needing to make a change and Mm -hmm. So the next time I came and visited, I got to experience the life group that I currently am going to. Um, Judy Uha is the teacher, and yeah. 
it didn't take me long that morning to figure out that was where I needed to be. Wow. That's a vibrant class full of uh, ladies who are really serious about their walk with God. Absolutely. We're a mixed class of ages and uh, situations in life, but we have one common thing, and that is love for God. Amen. Y'all share that with deep conviction. Yes. And rally around each other and especially uh, open up that Bible and and open up your hearts. It's, uh, it's a beautiful thing to watch. So, um, the Lord, uh, really led you to be open to, um, to make a change and, and to, and to become part of our, our church family. And, uh, at that time, did you feel, um, God was really doing a work in your life that, um, you could kind of, you know, put your finger on? Some of the things that God was teaching you and speaking to you, um, absolutely. And I remember the first few times, um, in a row that I came to church and was able to visit the life group class and things. Judy and I bonded immediately and we had many, um, meetings in the parking lot behind Chick fil A (laughs) for a long period of time. Interesting. That that was our location and stuff to have visits and talk. And she shared so much about her story and about Mm -hmm. how God had worked in her life. And Mm -hmm. I was going through some things at the time and was really struggling with um, what God was doing in my life or lack of, it it seemed. And so um, she was vital in helping me to realize that, you know, no matter what's going on in the, in the world, God is in you. And he's got you, you know. Amen. So um, I think that it just was instant mm-hmm. almost that that was exactly where I needed to be. And I remember um, the first time she went out of town on a, a Sunday, yeah. and she asked me if I would teach the class. And I said, I don't <laughs> think so. That's not me. I think you're not. No. And she said, no, you'll be fine. You'll be she fine. She caught you by surprise a little bit? A little bit, because yeah. I had always said, I'm never going to teach a class. Well, yeah. God always finds a way to show you when you say never, it's going to yeah. happen. And I bet you did a great job. I've come to really enjoy it. I'm actually teaching one Sunday a month now on a regular basis. Really? So, yeah. Great. So I'm really enjoying it. And um, it's it's definitely causing me to step into a much deeper relationship with him with the studying. Amen. I'm so proud that you all are doing that, uh, developing sort of an apprenticeship, you know, where you can really get some experience as a teacher because one of these days you probably will have a class of your own, honestly. Yeah. And uh, it won't be like you're just, uh, you know, totally unprepared for that. You'll be, you'll be in the groove already because you'll know what it takes to teach and to prepare and to be ready. And, and you'll know the importance, you know, of, um, Growing the class through love and fellowship and caring for each other. Definitely. Um, her wisdom that she shared with me has been so instrumental in mm-hmm. the amount of time and effort that I have put into mm-hmm. each of the lessons. And yeah. she is a great mentor for this. Yeah. Um, and we just, we, we work well together and, yeah. um, it's, it's been fun. I've really enjoyed yeah. so far the times that I've gotten to do it. So. Well, I'm so grateful for that. Judy's a special person. As well, this time last year, we were just uh, getting home from Israel and uh, had several of our folks that got a little bit sick over there and come to find out. We wondered if it might have been COVID really before we knew what COVID was. And uh, so thankful we got our trip to Israel in before everything, you know, more or less shut down. But um, 
You know, also, when I think of you, Holly, I think of a uh, person who is very well respected in our community. Of course, you've been here all your life, and your parents uh, have run a very successful restaurant. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Um, my parents started what was Johnson Street Smokehouse in downtown uh-huh. Greenville in 1985. Yeah. So I, at the time I was 12, so I can definitely say I basically grew up with barbecue as my brother. Uh-huh. And so um, they had it for 35 years and just recently sold it in December of last year. And um, it, having been a child of a family where there's businesses and independent um, businesses and stuff that were involved, I can say it's a lot of work, but it mm-hmm. certainly was a big part of our life. And yeah. My dad worked very hard to um, establish his carpet store as well as the barbecue restaurant. And oh, so really? wow. we actually had two family businesses and stuff. Uh-huh. But, yeah, I, I can't really say I miss the barbecue business, but yeah. um, it certainly was a great part of our life as far yeah. as, you know, the the income and stuff that it provided for our family and stuff. Well, it wasn't your dream. It wasn't your thing. But it was, uh, in some sense, your responsibility recently to help your parents to oversee, uh, you know, the finding of a new owner. And uh, that was really not that easy to do. No, it wasn't, and especially because COVID was going on. So yeah. we were looking for someone who would be interested in taking it on uh-huh. in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. So, you know, small businesses, things like that really suffered through that time. And so um, finding someone took us probably a little over a year. Mm-hmm. But um, God bless us with the perfect person, and he really? certainly knows the business. He, yeah. For anyone who's familiar, he is the owner of the Pittsburgh Hotlink Place in Pittsburgh, Texas. Oh, so he is. He has tremendous experience in the oh, Hotlink and barbecue business. So. Yeah, because y'all kind of had the Hotlink thing mm-hmm. going, mm-hmm. and now you've got Mr. Hotlinks himself. Exactly, exactly. So yeah. I hope and feel like in the community it's really uh-huh. continued to be something that everyone enjoys now. How about that? Even though we're not a part of it. Did they retain the same name? They did not. They changed it to um, Smokehouse Marketplace, I believe is what it's called now, but they did change the name. Same location and everything, but they did change the name. And they seem to be doing well. They seem to be doing well. Every time I go by there, it's definitely busy. So, yeah. Okay, I'm going to come back again in a moment, if we may, Holly. And I want to visit with you a little bit about our community in Greenville. And uh, what a great place we live in here. It's a blessing to live here. And uh, just some things that are going on as we try to manage the growth of our city and think about the um, bright possibilities that we have for the future. I'm Pastor Chet Haney, and this is the His Mighty Hand radio broadcast. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chet. There's a special reverent altar for the word of God in your heart that nothing else should be set upon. I hope you have found and rediscovered in 2021 your love for the Lord. I hope it makes you shed a tear sometimes when you think about the the grace and the mercy and the goodness of God that he would give us this flaming sword of his word, which is sharp enough to cut straight to the heart of the matter. Help us be right with him. That was, that was how it affected, um, 
the king. And so in response to God's word, we have a covenant prophecy in the midst of a terrible travesty and a jolting discovery. There follows a a covenant prophecy for Josiah made a covenant. Now what is that but a resolute determined agreement? When you make a covenant, it's like a spiritual contract. It's like saying, God, this is serious. This is as earnest as I know how to be. I'm going to cut, the Bible says. That's the 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 sense of the verb that's used with the word covenant. I'm going to cut a covenant. And uh, this covenant is found in uh, verse 29. The Bible says the king sent and gathered the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. And uh, look down in verse 31. He stood in his place and he made a covenant with the Lord. To walk after the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes. How? How does it say, church? With all his heart, he made a covenant. Now, you see, that's the difference. It's one thing to have a Bible. It's another thing to love the Bible with all your heart. That's what needs to be rediscovered. Nothing else will bring a tear than a covenant like this. To love the word of God with all that you are. And it cuts you to the core because you let it. And you love it. Well, in the context of this, there was a prophecy that was given, do you know, by a woman? A female prophet whose name was Huldah. Something. Not all the prophets were men. Not all the prophets have to be. You can be a woman of God who speaks a prophetic word. I mean, I'll tell you, if God can make a child to be king, God can use whoever he wants to. And God can make you, dear sister in Christ, a prophetic voice of truth in your family and in your church family. Don't you underestimate the power of God to speak through the mouth of a godly woman. Her name was Huldah. And the Bible says in verse 22 that Huldah, the prophetess, who was the wife of Shalom, she spoke. And uh, she said in verse 33, this is what the Lord God says. A woman can say that. A woman can know. Thus says the Lord from the voice of Huldah, verse 24, I'm going to bring evil upon this place. God says, I'm going to bring the hammer down because of all this pagan idolatry. You know, uh, Josiah was able to stop it for a while, but unfortunately after him, there were four evil kings between the reign of Josiah And the total destruction of the judgment of God that fell. And it's predicted here. All the curses that are written in the book. That have been read before the king of Judah. Because verse 25 says. They've forsaken me. Uh, at, At one time. They were with the Lord. But they turned away from him. 
in betrayal, in, uh, in, in a forsaking turn of face. They turned their faces away from the Lord. They burned incense to other gods, verse 25. They provoked me to anger with the works of their hands. Therefore, my wrath shall be poured out in this place and shall not be quenched. Now, let me ask you a question again. In our culture, in our country, are we in danger of a time when God says, my spirit shall not always strive with man? Um, Are we already judged as a nation? And could the judgment of God, which right now seems to be a remedial judgment, calling his people back, could there come a time When the final judgment of God falls on the United States of America. It it could be, but let me make it more personal. How about in your own life? Is there a time when God says, look, you have forsaken me enough. You've turned away from me enough. You've embarrassed me enough. You have ignored me enough. I'm going to let my hand of judgment fall upon you. Wouldn't that be something? If God were lying, and you know why he does? Because of his mercy. It's only because of his mercy that God allows us to experience judgment. But I'll tell you, if we persist long enough, there's a thing in the Bible that's called a sin unto death. If you are a lover of Jesus and well known, and you get into a lifestyle of sinful rebellion and refuse To turn back to God. You could find out about the sin unto death. Because God says my spirit shall not always strive with man. But then look what she said to Josiah. Um, In the midst of this promise of judgment. She says in verse 27. As for you Josiah. Because your heart was tender. Because you did humble yourself before God. You heard the words against this place, against the inhabitants of Israel. You humbled yourself before me. You rent your clothes. You wept before me. I have heard thee also, says the Lord. And he says, basically, I'm going to allow you to die before judgment falls. And you're not going to have to see it. I'll gather you to your father's. And your eyes will not see all the evil that I'm going to bring on this place. Because of what reason? His heart was tender. His attitude was humble. His mind and spirit were open. When God spoke, he was listening. He heard the words. And he humbled himself before the Lord. And he tore his clothes and he wept. In other words, he cared. You know, it's possible to hear a sermon and say, well, that's a good sermon, Pastor. You know, I appreciate it when you tell me that. But what I'd much rather know is that you cared so deeply about what the Holy Spirit was telling you in the message that it cut you to the soul. And in private, you didn't say a word to me about it, but you got before God and you made some things right with God. That would bless me a whole lot more, even though I might never even know about it. Praise God when we care. 
Because God knows. God knows when you care. Well, in addition to this covenant prophecy, there was also a historic memory in Josiah's life. And we won't take time to totally build it up. But did you know that during the king's lifetime, they had a Passover like no other? The Passover had a resurrection, so to speak. They, I guess, quit celebrating the Passover. So Josiah summoned thousands of animals, goats and sheep and oxen. Thousands of them were sacrificed. And there was music, beautiful singing and skillful music. And they said after this Passover was celebrated that there had not been a Passover like this since the days of Samuel. It was a memorable worship experience. Costly, sacrificial, they made a spiritual memory with the Passover. They were remembering that time in Egypt when God said to the people, I'm going to send the angel of death, but if you will sprinkle the blood on the doorpost, the angel will pass over and your firstborn will not experience the judgment. And they never forgot that, or they shouldn't have. But it seems in Josiah's time, uh, they had kind of gotten on other things. They had left their first love, as the book of Revelation says. And Josiah brought the Passover back. You know, Jesus told his disciples, I have earnestly desired to share this Passover meal with you. And he brought out the bread and he broke it and he brought out the cup and he sipped of it. And he said, now this bread is my body. It's about to be broken for you. And this cup that you drink, this is my blood. You know, I prayed yesterday. I was praying for our city and for our church, my family. And I was just praying against, in the power of God, I was praying against the enemy. And I remember those times when an enemy would appear before Jesus and would cry out with a shriek of demonic fear, trembling in the presence of Jesus. Who are you, Jesus, son of the most high God? Have you come to torment us? Have you come now to throw us into the pit? They were terrified of Jesus. And I prayed, Lord God, the demonic spirits that exist in my city, I pray you'll sprinkle the blood of Jesus on their faces. And let them turn in fear and run from this place. That's the Passover. That's the spirit of calling down the power of the blood against the power of what the enemy can do. There was never a Passover like it from the time of Samuel until this young righteous man, Josiah, came along. Paul said to young Timothy, do not let anyone despise your youth, but you be an example of the believers in word and in faith and in purity and in love. You show them how it's supposed to be. Timothy, nothing wrong with being young. There's nothing wrong with being a, a man or a woman. The problem is what's in your heart. That's what God pays attention to. Well, unfortunately, Josiah's story had a a terrible tragedy for its ending. 
Necho of Egypt came down to fight against Carchemish of uh, Mesopotamia. Often when Egypt and Mesopotamia would fight, they would pick Israel uh, on the highway of the kings to, you know, have a good conflict. And this one happened in Megiddo, which is right there at the Valley of Armageddon. And they were about to have a fight. And for some reason, we don't really know why, scholars aren't sure whether uh, Josiah was being brave or foolish at this time. There's inconclusive evidence, really. We don't really know for sure why he did it. But uh, Josiah, who had never had a military campaign until this time, came out against Necho. And he said to Necho, I am, uh, I'm ready to fight. And Necho said, this is not your fight. I, I'm not here to fight you. Why don't you mind your own business? And the Bible says that Josiah disguised himself. This it says that in the King James Version. I think some of the other versions say that he, that he put his armor on. And the archers flung their arrows And one of them hit Josiah in the gut. And he said, I'm sore wounded. Take me back to Jerusalem in this other chariot. It was softer, more comfortable. And by the time he got there, he had died. And I want you to notice that when Josiah died, the Bible says, in the whole land of Israel, As before there was pagan worship in the whole land of Israel, Josiah cleaned all that up and they had the temple repaired. They found the word of God. They had an epic Passover celebration. And when he died, the Bible says in the whole land of Israel, there was weeping and mourning because people loved this man, this reformer. They cared about him. Uh, Jeremiah himself noted the weeping and the mourning of the people. They were uh, so sad. They were grieving. They, they were wounded at the heart because their king was wounded and he died. It just makes me want to ask a question this morning about tragedy You know, it's not really that important to figure out how he died or why he died or what his motive was. The point was when he died, it was a tragedy to the people because he had affected them. Now, my question to you is this. Um, If you were to lose your life, would it be a tragedy to someone because of your spiritual legacy and the influence that you've had on them and the fact that you have touched and changed their lives and affected them. That's a question that only God can answer in accordance with your love for his law. Your love for the pure word of God is going to have an effect on somebody. While you live and when you die, they'll be affected by it. And I want to ask you right now to bow with me in a word of prayer 
um, as we consider this morning uh, the life of this young man and his example. Lord Jesus, I pray somehow today in the temple, which your word says is the heart of each one of us. What? Know ye not that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of God dwells in you? Therefore glorify God with your body. Lord, could it be today in the temple, in the hearts of each one of us here, that there could be a jolting discovery, a reminder to us of what really matters and what what really is important and what really is precious. Could we rediscover that today, Lord? Our love for your law in the heart, which is the temple. Could we find that today, Lord Jesus? And and I, I pray as we do that we'll be affected by that because we care. Teach us to care about things that that really do matter. Thanks for listening today to His Mighty Hand, the radio ministry of the Highland Terrace Baptist Church located on Joe Ramsey Boulevard right here in Greenville, Texas. Join us each week at this time as we celebrate His work in our lives through 